Ma bonsai. The subject to be discussed now, Bezer Hashem, is a finalization, a sikum, of the Divrei Torah and Divrei Chizuk we heard and enjoyed these three wonderful days, Bezer Hashem. As in the previous colors. I always try that the final words should be a continuation and an explanation of the final Divrei Torah and Divrei Chizuk and suggestions Lemaise, which the Bezreels Eingesund ended off and finalized. And this will be the discussion today, Bezer Hashem. But I think it's appropriate to mention several words. Of the nine days, and tomorrow is Erev Tisha We know that halachically speaking, Tisha has certain halachas and is called a Yom Tov. Koro Olay Moyed. Tisha B'Av is a Moyed, a Yom Tov. To the extent we don't say Tachnun on Tisha B'Av. And we know from Chazal that Tisha B'Av is the birth of Mashiach. And in the future it will become a Yom Tov. But in truth, Tisha B'Av is a Yom Tov. The word Yom Tov is a expression on the Pasik Vayar Elohim Eshaor Ki Toiv. And the Almighty Kodesh Baruch Hu saw the light that it is good. And in different language, Yom Toiv means a day of light. And we know from Chazal and from Svarim Kadoshim that the Or HaGonus, the hidden light, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created in Maiseh Bereshis on the first day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said Yehi Or Vayar Elohim Esaor Ki Toiv and then Ro'a Esaor HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that the first creation of light that when it was in this creation Hoya Odem Ro'ya Misoifo Oilam Ad Soifoi we were able to see to the end of the world. And Gonzo HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid it. And it's called in our language the Or HaGonuz, the hidden light. And we know that in Yom Tov, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, there is a reflection of Kedusha of holiness and of Or HaGonuz. And that is why we call those holy days Yom Tov. On Tisha B'Av, there is also a version of Or HaGonuz. And maybe let us rephrase the word Or HaGonuz, the hidden light, many light, many truths, which all during the year are Gonuz, are hidden, 
are swept under the carpet. We don't discuss and we don't think about. We come uncovered on Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is a day when we think and discuss subjects and understandings and we focus on certain situations of the past and the future and the present which all during the year are gunnels are hidden and on Tisha B'Av they are taken into open and it's a wonderful day because Or HaGonuz enlights us and many of us are missing this Or HaGonuz many truths which our conscious our seichel, our understanding try to shove away and decide not to think about and Atishbov is a day to discuss and I would like to talk about Many machshavas, many thoughts that many of us have very often and we dare not discuss openly. Sometimes we discuss in short words. It's the art that is gunnels. discuss a few moments and again in the atmosphere of Tisha B'Av maybe in different times we will discuss other things let us discuss a few moments our situation and a little of a little of the future we are living today in the United States here Many of us, as Am Yisrael as a whole, most of Am Yisrael are in the United States and Eretz Yisrael and other European countries. And today the world is becoming united. And intelligent people think about the future. We don't know the future. Let us talk about the present. It's no secret, never in the history of the Jewish people did we enjoy such freedom if in other times of history the Jewish people enjoyed freedom in different countries. The extent that we have liberty in our modern world in all respects Today, if for instance, if you have a Jewish boy learning in a college and there's an exam on this and this date, and maybe 300 or 400 years ago, before the Spanish Inquisition, in the golden era of Spain, and he would have gone to the professor and would have told him, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't, I cannot participate in this exam because it's the Jewish holiday of Shavuos. He would have at least gotten an answer, what is Shavuos? And why Shavuos? And maybe it would have beat up a discussion and maybe he would have been granted. Today, it's a Jewish holiday. All right, we'll put it off for a week. 
we're respected, we have absolute freedom, wherever you go, all over the world. And there are many other, Michelle, and many other of phrases. Of the freedom we enjoy. Let's not go into particulars because it's very famous. Let me tell you today, Erev Tisha B'Av, how I view it, Rabbi Sain. I feel, and again, it's my theory and opinion, and a certain not pending is not the very tired. I always felt, and Chazal tell us that Malchusid Rakia came Malchusid Ara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs his world as in the way that this world in the of the, uh, in the ways of our, our world. I feel it's Moshe the Mahadava when a child sometimes, has an accident. Imagine a father, Yankala comes home, he wants a bicycle. And Tati says, no, you didn't learn Chumash well, you're not going to get a bicycle. And Rahman a little accident happens. He crosses the street against the light. He just, just runs after a ball, a naughty little boy, a car stops short, and crashes into him. It wasn't fatal. He broke two ribs, Rahman and his leg. He goes to the hospital. And when he comes home, what's waiting for him is a bicycle. And why does Yankel deserve a bicycle? Because he had an accident. Rahman al-Islam, when after suffering, by nature, loving, doting parents, after suffering, try to comfort with luxuries. That's the nature. Sometimes even not an accident. When Yankla gets Agazunta Patrim Tati, so from mommy he'll get under the table a lollipop. If it wouldn't be for the patch, he'll never get the lollipop. Rabbi Sai, is our indulgence of comforts, of riches, of enjoyments, of freedom, of liberty, is this a lollipop after the terrible holocaust that we went through just 40 years ago? We were trampled on almost to death. Almost to death. And injured fatally. And after the terrible episode that happened, HaKadosh Baruch Hu hugged us and kissed us and embraced us and showered us. But Yankel has to realize that it's not going to be forever. He's not going to start living now on lollipops. He's not going to get a bicycle every day. He'll be consoled. When he's healed, he'll go back to Cheder and things are going to come back again the way they used to be. Because Tati doesn't make 
Let Yankel live on Olipaps. It's an embrace. It's a kiss. It's a hug. It's a consolment on the terrible tragedy that he had that happened to him. And let us think for a moment, Ayav Tishabov. In open eyes, in all which is gunus, in a light which is hidden all year round. And we, we, we read the kinnis. And we read history. And the kinnis is not only the cry of 2,000 years ago. And there are inserts of the Zeris Tachvatat. And there are inserts of other terrible situations the Jewish people had all through the generations. And we sit and we think, why are we crying on the past? And we know that the past is a big mirror that reflects the future. And Tishabov is a day of light for us. Tishabov is a day that opens up genuzos, opens up futures which are hidden. And we hear baskals that tell us messages which all through the year we don't hear those sounds, we don't hear those voices. And many of us in our generation, maybe talk, let me talk about my own self. The audience here, 99.99% American Jewry, reads the paper feels very good in the United States. And maybe your eyes are open to what's going on in Eretz Israel. The political situation, the change that came about in Eretz HaKodesh, not the last 10 years, but the last two years, you see people going on buses, looking under the seats, Achmor Litzlan, my children, Zangazan, played downstairs. And the Arab is sweeping up. And my wife says, Matis, Babaita, come home. And they sweep our floors. And they clean the yeshivas. And they paint our homes. And they're all over. And over here, it's the same situation. And let us hear the Orhagonos. There's something, there's something hidden here that's crying. And we know the world is a world of the concord. It's happening fast. The financial situation in this country. And Abay side, money in Hebrew is damim, is damim. Money is blood. Many of us here know that money is blood. If you steal a prota, a penny from your friend, you killed him. Many of us know what these words mean. A penny could be a piece of life. In the last year, what change came about in this country? And we sit on Tisha B'Av. And we sit and we cry the tragedy of the Jewish people. And maybe today, this year we'll have a more heartfelt Tisha B'Av than last year. 
And last year we had a more heartfelt Tisha B'Av than two years ago. And for us, sitting here and listening to the speaker talking, and they say, well, he's worried about the financial situation. He's worried about the security. The Arabs in Israel, the Shvatis in America. I can understand him. But let him talk about the Nishama. What's about the Nishama? Everybody said this is one of the biggest problems. Which is an or a truth. Which is gonos. I always say this. We always hear of our great grandmothers. When they benched licht. And they would cry. And they would daven. Watch over of my children. They should, they should remain yidin. And those tears of our ancestors is the reason why we Baruch Hashem sitting here today. And today, we bench licht and our eyes are dry. And we're not worried. Over our children. Why do we need, excuse the expression, why do we need special watching over our children? And here we have Baruch Hashem Chadarim. We have Baruch Hashem Besyankivs. We have Baruch Hashem wonderful institutions. I don't want to go into practical particulars. I just would like to tell you a little story which I always relate. The Briskerov, the Chrem Letzarek, Kodesh Levroche. The Kedosh Elyon, the Godel Hador. A short while, a few days before he passed away, and he was very sick, and he was he was lying on his bed, and he was in a in a if we could say on such a great person a bed mood. He was obviously broken, nervous, and the bottle of Chaim the Panovich Rosh who's today Panovich Rosh Hashivah went and spoke to him, was close to him, and he said, well. Not everybody leaves over a good family like yourself. And really, his oldest son, Zechren Levrocha, was Marash Yeshiva Zechren Levrocha Bishaber, a God of Yisrael. The Bible of the second son is Rosh Yeshiva, great Rosh Yeshiva today in Yerushalayim, Abdovid. Another son, the mayor, also Rosh Yeshiva, two great sons, sons-in-law, the Bianchi Shiv, the Michal Feinstein, the famous Michal Feinstein, wonderful family, the Befoil. And the Briskerov answered with these words. And he said, Veinig Tehillim, Veinig Trerim, Veinig Tanius, Habichigosnavzeh. Was it for you, the Tehillim? Was it for you, the tears and the first days that I spoke to my children? How much Tehillim? How many tears? When he was a young man, he used to rock the baby and he used to cry, Kurushbachu should help that his children should be. And he was Zeichet. And he lived in a generation when the Jewish people were rich with G'dayli Yisrael. In a generation when the Yeshiva was for flourishing and his wonderful briska home. 
was a fortress from all the evils that came out from outside. It was gloves genoch. The Bhain Briskis genoch. The Bavon Kamanovish has a story that when they were in Vilna and he went back he went to look for the Bhaim. And Abhaim's hat was in a home and there was big locks on the door. And he banged on the door and someone came climbed up and saw who it is and they opened the door for him. And he asked him, Briskir over Abhaim, what are you what are you locking the door? Who are you afraid of? And he took out a Rambam. And the Rambam says that a person should always try to live with Anman Tadikim. And if he can't live with Mank Tadikim, then he should go out to a desert and to live by himself. Like Yemiyahanavi said, midbar Archim. And Abhaim says, I'm in a situation that I can't be by myself, and I have no good neighbors, and he put big locks in his door to protect himself from inside. And the Biskidov was rat would rat the, the vigila of his children. And he was Zechit to five great six or great Rosh Hashiva's children, Rabbi Yisrael. And let me tell you a piece of Oregonos, a light which is not so famous. The Biskidov, when he came to Israel with six or seven children, he left five children behind in the Holocaust with their mother. The five small ones weren't able to escape, weren't able to be rescued. And he once expressed by saying these words, he says, my small children are left behind. If they died, they died. Who knows? If they're not running around in the churches. The priests, the, 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 the Christians used to catch, by special used to catch rabbis' children. And used to bring them in for shmad. After all the tehillim. But when the world exploded, and everything erupted, who knows? Who knows? And we have Kleine Ingalach and Kleine Meidalach. And let us open today our gonus, a piece of light, a truth, which we keep under this carpet. Do we know what will be tomorrow? Do we know what will be the end of this story? A 30, 40 year old story? History isn't 40 years old. History after destruction is 2000 years old. History is almost five and a half thousand years old. And we live in a country 30 years, 40 years as if it's ours forever. Yom Toif. Let us today make a Yom Toif. Let us open some light. Let us reflect the past. And tell us something about the future. Why are we so comfortable? And that is why Kodesh Bochu gave us Tisha B'Av. A day to sit and to realize truths. I'd like to tell you a little word. Chazal tell us, Af Noyach, Miktane Ammona Hoyo. Noyach was a small believer. Noyach was a small believer. And we learn that the Pasuk says, he went into the Teva, went into the Ark. The rain just pushed him in. The rain pushed him in. And Rashi says, I didn't believe it was going to happen. This is a puzzle. 
come in. He built the ark for 120 years. 120 years. The mysterious nefesh. Everyone came and laughed at him. And then they wanted to kill him. And he built it mysterious nefesh 120 years. He didn't believe it was going to happen. He was, a, he was a small believer. I think the chat is as follows, Rabbi Sai. HaKadosh Baruch said there will be a mabu. If the people don't do tshuva, there's going to be a mabu. There will be a flood. Noyach said to himself, there is a decree that's going to be a flood. There's going to be a flood. In the last minute, Hashem won't do it. It's not going to happen. In the last minute, Hashem will... Erech He'll have compassion. He wasn't a believer. If you don't do truth, it's going to happen. And let me tell you another piece of history. Do you know who was a firm believer? Mordechai. When Mordechai was told that a decree was signed, no be left. And I, I sit in the yeshiva. And Bachum come to me with 25 kashas on every poor. And all the same kasha. How is it possible? What's about the Shavuot Avram Avinu? What's about the Kedis Yitzchak? What's about all the promises? What's about all the Shavuot? What's about all the fundamentals of Yiddishkeit? I don't know any truth him. And if Mordechai would have said the same thing, in the last minute, there's going to be a miracle. Then it would have happened. And he was worried and he believed it. And he turned over the world and he fasted. And he put together the children. They fasted three days and three nights. And they were, the, 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 the tongues were out from thirst. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. How could it happen? HaKadosh Baruch Hu will have Rahmanus in the end. No, it's, he said it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He believed. In what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him You should know I said it's going to happen. And then it didn't happen. And Reich said, well, it's, somehow it's going to be all right. And it happened. And Chazal tell us, Al Naharoiz Bovel, Shom Yashav Nugam Bachin Ubezachreinu Estzioin. On the banks of Babylonian, we sat and we cried as we remembered Tzioin. And the Medrash says, there are many Madrashim, why now they started crying? One of the beautiful Madrashim, Yemiyoh Hanavi went to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, Roya Nemon, shepherd of the Jewish people, look what's going on. And Moshe Rabbeinu came and it says what Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the Shavoyim, spoke to the, to, to, to the Goyim, don't inflict so much pain, don't separate mothers from children. And Yemiyahu and brought Moshe Rabbeinu. And the Jewish people saw Moshe Rabbeinu coming. And they said, Moshe Rabbeinu is coming to redeem us. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, I am powerless. And Moshe Rabbeinu left them. And when they saw Moshe Rabbeinu leaving them, they started crying. And these words, says in the Medrash, these words, 
And Yemayo Hanavi said, Chayechem, I swear by your lives. If you would have cried once, if you would not have waited to cry on Nara's Bavil, if you would have cried one cry in Yerushalayim, you would not have cried over here. And Abayi said, this is a very important focus on Tisha B'Av. If we, if the Jewish people, are continuing... And we are living, and we will continue till Mashiach comes. It's because once a year we cry. And we cry before Khurban is come. This crying, this machshavis, this tshuva, this begging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we cry when we're still not yet on the Haris Bavel. This is what sustains us. And that is why we, 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 we are able to push off Xeris and we hope forever and ever. But how important it is for us in these wonderful holy days to be worried, to cry. Now, crying is a wonderful thing. It's something which isn't easy. But let me discuss today Bezer Hashem. What was suggested today as a taitzah, as an outcome from crying? Because crying is not tefillah, Chazal tell us, tefillah oysa machzah. Tefillah is a half of the job. To be worried and to cry and to beseech Hashem is half of the job. It's created, the tears of Creator open our hearts. Tefillah is like a harisha. It's like a plow. To plow our hearts, to plow the ground. But it's not enough. We have to put in seeds. We have to be constructive. We have to build. Tefillah, the tears, wet the ground. And it builds foundations. But that's not the building. That's not the building. Let us discuss for a few moments. In these days of Tisha B'Av, what should be the outcome of this crime? Now really, this was most of the Divya Torah that we heard these three wonderful days. I would like to interpret some of the messages in maybe a little different light. But I would like to give a very small introduction what I'm trying to bring out at this moment. Really, the problem of Tisha B'Av is a problem of Am Yisra. And we believe that every human being, every Yiddish Akint, can help Am Yisra. There are extremely wonderful Chazalim to this to this light, there's a Chazal that tells us, I always say over the famous Chazal, I'm a Chazal. I'll say it over in short because I said it many times in different occasions. Many of you might have heard it. 
Because the Chazal and Chazal tell us that when the time of Achov and there was Xerah and it says in Pasuk Yan kishalachto ishchermi miyodcha v'hoyson nafshecho tachas nafshoi v'amcho tachas amoy and the Novi told Achov your life will be instead of the king of Aram's life that you should have killed and your nation will be Rahman al-Islam wiped out and there was Xerah on Am Yisrael and the Torah the Novi tells us how the Novi went to someone and said, Hashem said to hit me, to strike me. And the first person refused, I was punished. And the second person struck him and made a petza, brought out blood from him. And the end, Achav the Russia was killed in the, in the war. And no Jew was injured. Every Jew went back home safely. And Chazal said, but there was a decree. And Chazal said, stay tipo is dam. Two drops of blood that went out in that tzaddik. Keeper, I'll call Yisrael. We are small people and we're focused into ourselves and we don't know the great powers of the Tzalem Elohim and we don't know what Gzera is. We, in our small maizim, in our small actions, we can push off we don't know what greatness we possess in our Torah, in our Yerushalayim, in our Chesed, in behalf of all the Jewish people. But I would like today to discuss not this subject which is extremely important, but I'd like to discuss for a moment Mibchina Odom Korav Eitzel Nafshe. Let us start off with a discussion. A person is close to himself. Let us discuss ourselves. I as an individual. And of course in the end, we will realize that every individual is a foundation of the Jewish people. And there's a famous expression of the Chovetz Chaim. Someone once came to the Chovetz Chaim and told the Chovetz Chaim, what do we do before, before the war, before the Holocaust, Rahman and everyone saw what's going to happen. They didn't not they don't know what's really going to happen. But there were a lot of tsaris and tsaris and tsaris from all sides. And someone came to the Chovetz Chaim for a Eitzah, for a Sgula. And the Chovetz Chaim said, What should I tell you? He said, If all the Tzadikim and all the Chachamim and all the Rishonim, all the Achronim will gather together, no one can give a better Eitzah than Chazal itself. And Chazal tell us, Ma Yasa Adam. What should a person do to be saved from the pains of Mashiach? And in this form, I'd like to elaborate for a moment. We know that in times of tragedy and again all kinds of tragedy I'm not talking to, to imagine tragedy as we saw 40 years ago all kinds of tragedy how much tragedy do we have today how many children fall away from wonderful homes 
know that in time of tragedy, tragedy comes like a river. And it sweeps. And with, with an enormous power. And everyone is swept along. But we know in Yiddishkeit that not everyone is swept along. HaKadosh Baruch was Kol Now I'd like to analyze a very interesting fact that I think it's important for us to realize in these days. I'd like to tell you a piece of history which I'm sure most of you know better than I do. Because it was written up Today it's written up in books. I spoke about it in the previous seminars. And today it's written up. But I feel that I can relate it made better than most of you. Because I heard it from my Rebbe Zechariah Levach of Yeshever. And he, the way he described it to me. With its beauty, with its greatness. Forty years ago, forty odd years ago. When the world, when the world had the most terrible earthquake in history. After the Churban Beis HaMikdash. And the Jewish people were up in flames. And all the yeshivas and all the Batim Midrash and all the Shtiblach. And Jewish homes were being destroyed and burnt. And the Shamas Kedoshes were flying to heaven. In those crucial days, when everyone was being swept away, Kivan Shinitna Rishus Lamashchis, Sadiqim and Rishoyim, together, as in the time of the Khurban. There is a miraculous piece of history in the little corner of history of yeshivas that was saved. This piece of history is a stupendous phenomenon. Even I don't know, don't know English. I, I can't use cheaper words. A miracle, Mama Shakriya Yamsuf. I heard it being described by someone who lived it through and it's hard to believe. It's miracle after miracle, a whole piece of history, which I'm not going to elaborate. The Miri Yeshiva, as a Prat, and the Miri Yeshiva maybe, I could describe the best because I learned from Tamid and Miri Yeshiva. As a whole, fled Mir and went to Vilna. It was a Meshugas, an unbelievably Germany and Russia decided to be compassionate and honest and kind and give Vilna back to a free country, Latvia, Litva. And as soon as the Yeshivite heard, they went all around hundreds and, th hundreds and thousands of refugees. And they learned Torah in Mir Yeshiva and they fled to Vilna and they learned Torah by Smoda Atsuma. And as Vilna, they, they, they set up, they divided the yeshiva into four parts. And you had to get a transit visa. They had to leave Russia. It's hard to describe all the protein. Miracle after miracle and miracle after miracle. There was a Japanese council. There was a Michigan, a Japanese private person who opened the council in the name of the Japanese government. And issued hundreds of Japanese visas. And you needed an end, an end place where to go. And there was a Dutch boy that heard once about the island of Caracas. These were the Netherlands, the Dutch owned these islands. And the Dutch said that whoever wants to come, they come without a visa. He didn't need a visa. And they went to the Dutch consulate. And the Dutch says, you can go there without a visa. 
So they wrote down on the visas, they got, they got the Dutch director that, that this is a visa going to Krakus. I mean, I, I'm not going to describe all the problem, I just want to come to the next point. And they took together dollars, and 400 bachum from your yeshiva, and it's another almost 2,000 bachum from the Blini yeshiva and a lot of other yeshivas, became, got tourist visas on the Trans-Siberian Railroad, and they traveled all the way down to Japan. My Rebbe told me, he didn't tell me all the Pratim, I, I found out all the Pratim I told you until now, but he just told me of the trip that they went down to Japan. They went in a train, a tourist train, from the top of Russia all through Siberia till, the, till Japan. They traveled through cities. They stopped off in Moscow. All through the train, they sat and learned Torah. They had everything they wanted to eat. They came to Moscow, my Rebbe told me as follows. Tourist buses picked us up. They drove us through the streets. We saw lines of hundreds and thousands of people waiting for a piece of bread. And here a tourist bus is bringing Yeshiva Bakr to the fanciest hotel in Moscow. They gave us sardines. The Beshebet told me they gave us oranges. Most Bakr never saw an orange in their life. A delicacy. They made a Sheikh on the rear, didn't dare taste it. The next day, they brought in Moscow, in Moscow, and in Germany, and in Poland, Rahman al we know what's going on in those years. Tourist buses came, picked up the Yeshiva Bachim, and took them to the zoo. The Beshebet told me I didn't go. Took, but the Bachim went. They went to the zoo. And they passed through the streets. And they saw the whole Holocaust. And they were in the most expensive hotel in Moscow. And they all knew it. There's a little microphone. A mesu. And Chazal tells us when the earth erupted. And all the Rishayim fell in. And the Bnei Koyrach. The Bnei Koyrach, and not only Rishon, they were Tzadikim. But the Bnei Koyrach, Mokon Isbatzalem, a bubble, in the middle of the Gehenim. And they were standing up there, Lama Natsiach the Bnei Koyrach saying Shira, not lacking anything. In the middle of the darkest time in Jewish history, not on American soil, not someplace in, 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 in free land, in Siberia. Trans-Siberia on these tracks that took hundreds and thousands and was taking hundreds and thousands to the worst gullus which ever was created. And here you have 2,000 B'nai Torah traveling like lords. Would you have an orange? <laughs> Would you have a roll? And, and they were sitting and learning and talking shyness. And the Shabbos, what can we, can we flush the toilet on Shabbos? The water goes out, and we can, can, can we turn, the, 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 the benches, turn them into beds? And they talked and learning, didn't stop learning, and they finally arrived in Japan. And when they arrived in Japan, they had a problem. For 400 yeshiva bach in the mirror yeshiva, they had to sit and learn Torah. And 10 years earlier, there was a Meshuggah Nayid, married to a Goy, that had a Meshuggah wants to build a Jewish community in Shanghai and built 
a beautiful shoe. And on the bottom was a big mass kitchen. And there were, I don't remember the number, exactly enough seats for the Mir Yeshiva. Exactly. Not one buckle was left out of a seat, and it was an extra seat. I'm talking history 30, 40 years ago. And many people today remember it, and will tell it to you. Many people today, today it's been written, being written up over and over again. Now this is the phenomenon of Isaiah. And I don't know, I have no idea how to explain it. This is Darki Hashem. But let me just bring you a little marshal. A little marshal. In the worst, sometimes a family undergoes terrible pressure. You have to pack your bags and you have to run away. And it's gullus. It's gullus. It's exile. And the little children are running barefoot after the parents. And there's a little pimpanokale, a little yingale, a little baby who's two months old. Is this child in Gullus? The mother doesn't have water to give this child. But HaKadosh Baruch installed that this mother nurses the baby. And this baby lacks nothing. Lacks nothing. Because she is the beloved child of this mother. And all the Gullus, does this baby know that she is in this city and in this city and traveling and running? The baby is the mother's bosom and lacks nothing. Hashem ro'i lo'i In the worst situation of exile and of Gullus and the darkest moments of Jewish history, there were certain people that previously were able to attach themselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with such closeness like my mother who loves me with such reliance on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that when the world is turning over and Achmonos and the train loads are going they are traveling with the Mama and HaKadosh Baruch Hu the Shechina Self called self, we know that Am Yisrael as a whole and the Shekhinah HaKadoshah will reach the Mashiach Tzidkenu. And these Kindalach that attached themselves, that were so attached, that refused to stop nursing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mouth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Yerushalayim. In the worst situation, they are guaranteed Hashem Ro'i Lo'i Echsa. Now, how do we get this attachment? Again, it's Tishabov. And Tishabov, we sit on the floor. And there's a big mirror in front of us. A mirror of the past. And reflecting futures. Because the Torah tells it to us. And the question is, how can we get this attachment to HaKadosh Baruch HaMashiach. And let me tell you the answer, Rabbi Sam. The answer is, I think, I believe, 
And again, I'm speaking in my own theory. I believe there's nothing a Jewish person can do to owe, to deserve, excuse me, to deserve this love and this attachment on the part of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. I don't believe there's any mitzvah. I don't have any suggestion to tell anybody in this audience that we can guarantee ourselves this attachment. I feel and I believe that this attachment has to come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's side. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to decide, I love my child. And he is my, my child, my baby. And he's always with me, I'm always hugging him. But, who is not HaKadosh Baruch Hu's child? Who is not HaKadosh Baruch Hu's B'ni B'chayri Yisrael? We're all HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Kindalach. And here is the point. Here is the point. The point is, the love and the closeness between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people is a natural one, is an etern eternal one, is deep, and it's a Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Mayim Rabim Lo Yuchlu Gushing waters cannot extinguish the love. And rivers cannot overrun it with, with, with its waters. And to exchange all riches for this love. All the riches cannot cut off this Ahav. And when we and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are together, then this love becomes ignited and attaches us. I'll bring you a little mashal Rabbi Sai from Avort I once heard from an old Sfarad Shayid. There was an old Sfarad Shayid in Eretz Israel, a Yid who learned a lot of Kabbalah, printed, today the Svarab of Kabbalah, he printed most of them. And he used to talk a lot about Eretz Israel. His name was Chacham Mordechai Atiyah. An old man, he was a rabbi in Mexico, maybe 40, 50 years. And I met him in Yerushalayim. And he used to talk about Eretz Israel. And I feel that maybe Eretz Israel, I could tell you over this word, Sofko Sof is the time to yearn for Eretz Israel. And I once told him, Rebbe, I told him, what kind of Eretz Israel? This is Eretz Israel. And he used to say every Jew is supposed to live in Eretz Israel. And he wrote little booklets about Eretz Israel. And he once went to the Satmir Bismedrish to, to, to Davin Mincha and they beat him up. He probably deserved it. He talked too much about Eretz Israel. He talked too much about Eretz Israel. Eretz Israel, Eretz Israel. But he didn't know. He was an old Yid. And I used to think Yitaka doesn't know. And I once opened my mouth and told him, Rebbe, I told him, what are you talking about Eretz Israel? This is Eretz Israel. This is Eretz Israel. Look at the preachers. Look at the Chil Shabbos. Look at the Chil HaKodesh. And he told me these words. He says, listen, he says, when you have a couple sitting at home, a man and wife, sometimes they're happy with each other and sometimes they fight. Sometimes they love each other and sometimes they forget they love each other. But as long as they're at home together, they could squibble and squabble. And they could turn their backs and sometimes even throw frying pans. But chances are, in the end, they're going to make peace. But if Chas 
the husband or the wife picks himself up and goes out, then there's no hope. Because if they leave home, how can they make peace together? Just, just, not, just not together. He said, in Eretz Yisrael, he says, we're in a terrible squabble in the Kodesh Baruch today. But if we're together at home, in the end we'll make peace. And then we'll make peace. But if you're outside, if you run away, if you're out of the Kodesh Baruch Hu's home, then what's going to happen? This is the word that I heard from this, from this out there. Now let us bring back the subject, not to the subject of Eretz Yisrael. When we build Jewish homes, if we can bring a Kaddish Baruch Hu into our home, if we can be united, and every time when Yom Kippur comes, we say, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, and we say it with the whole Aleph base, we banish Laylam, there's 22 letters in Aleph base, and I did have various in all the Aleph base. And as the Bazir said, oh, we're not Mabatim, one al Chet. We say so many al-chets, so we count in on them, we do them again over here because we want to make more progress. I told the brokers, I don't care if you wouldn't do so many. But when we are united with the Kodesh in our homes, then by nature, the love and the closeness is ignited. And one day more and one day less. But when Chas V'Sholem, when Chas V'Sholem, there is a Mechitza between us and HaKadosh Baruch And what is this Mechitza? We know Rabbi Sai in Yiddishkeit and Yiddishkeit is in the, in the Torah hundreds of times and we heard today beautiful different Torah Mishalim that Yiddishkeit is like married life and it starts off with the Chasna of Matan Torah and the meaning of the Svarim is that you read a Ksuban Shvuis. The love between HaKadosh Baruch and Am Yisrael. What is the basis of a love between a husband and a wife? And what is the basis of love between HaKadosh Baruch and Am Yisrael? And we say it every day. The Ahavtos Hashem Alokecha. Rabbi Isai is second message. It's Hashem Tira is second message. Message number one is Shema Yisrael Hashem Alokeinu Hashem Echod. When a husband and a wife know each other, when they know this message, this is the basics of love, this and only, that it's one and only. When there is Yichud, when there is Yichud, then there you can ignite love and love will be ignited. Chas v'sholem, when there is interference, as much excitement there might be between a husband and wife, and there's no shaykhis, there's no shaykhis to love. The foundation of Ava has to be Yichud Echot. What is based, on what is based our love to HaKadosh Baruch And I believe it, especially in our generation. When the Chosen tells the Kala, Harayat Mekudesh Asli, Kidas Moshe Yisrael. What is the word Mekudesh? The word Mekudesh in little translation, 
as the Gemara explains it is, Mikudesh, as the Gemara says, Kedusha is an is expression of Isur. Hareat Mikudeshesli, the Gemara explains it, Hareat Asuralachal Odom, you are prohibited to any other man, Lihiyoshili, therefore you are mine. We don't tell our color under the chuppah. You don't tell our color under the chuppah how much I'm going to love her and how much she's going to love me. As Zerbezeel said, because I don't know her before. I don't know who I came with, I don't know who I fell into. What's the basis? What's the basis of the contract? How do we know we can get along? No problem. No problem. An ordinary person like myself, excuse the expression, I'm sure I can get along with any cow in the world if she be the only woman in the world. Guaranteed. That's all there is. There's a famous story, Yeshua Bach, I shouldn't say it. It's a joke in the middle of everything. There's a famous story, Yeshua Bach, who took a, uh, uh, took a color. And uh, the Gemara says, Benayi Yisrael, you say, if there was such a thing, she was ugly. So, they asked him, why did you take such an ugly woman? I thought they were all like that. <laughs> I never saw anything else. Ah, Rabbi said, that's happy marriage. That's happy marriage. Rabbi said, we had a Kodesh Baruch Hu, we could be as ugly as we want. But if we would have Kodesh Baruch Hu, one and only, that's happy marriage. But the moment we bring into our lives other interests, other ideas, imagine under the chuppah, after the chuppah, under the Shev Brachas, after the Shev Brachas, and the Kala's eyes are wandering, and the Chassan's eyes are wandering, Rabbi say it's finished. Forget it. Forget it. Doesn't matter who, how, how beautiful she is, how wonderful he is. Forget it. I'd like to continue the subject just one more moment. But first let me just finish and then I'm going to add another very important point, practical point. If we, today, in our times, we can attach ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with an attachment of Kedushin. And the question is raising, what greatness can I do that we can be sure that in any situation HaKadosh Baruch Hu will hold us close to Him? How much terror do we have to learn? How many tears do I have to soak my Menchus Yehudas in there? Do I have to soak it with tears? Do, do I have to every day wring out my tail with tears in order to be know that I'm close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How many Blatter Gemara do I have to memorize? And the answer is, that's not the point. The point is, if an HaKadosh Baruch Hu walks into our home and he sees the Gemara open and closed, but only the Gemara. He sees the Siddur open and closed, but only the Siddur. There is no Rishus Acher. And this was the wonderful suggestion that we had heard in the last few minutes of these three wonderful, wonderful days. A 50-day quarantine. What will these 50 days give us? 50 days, no newspapers, no magazines. Turn off for the media. What greatness will this give us? And the answer is, on our side, no greatness whatsoever. 
Nothing. He won't give us anything. You cannot grow from not listening to the radio. You cannot grow from not reading the newspaper. You cannot grow from not looking at all the stylish magazines. But you can become dedicated to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he, Hashem Yisbaruch, on his side, will shower you with so much greatness, with so much closeness. I had tried to describe this on, on Arab Shabbos, but I spoke about Shabbos. What do we have to do on Shabbos? How we Zeichat to Kedusha Shabbos? When we take the wine and we say, Vayichulu HaShemayim, and those great tzaddikim, the wine was cooking in their hands. How do I make the wine to cook in my hands? And the answer is, it doesn't say, Mekadish Yisrael Vahashabbos. You don't have to generate that greatness. But if Zohar is here in Shabbos, remember that it's Shabbos. Shomer is here in Shabbos. Keep Shabbos pure. Don't interfere with the Shabbos. And then have Kaddish Baruch on his side with Mekadosh HaShabbos. Zohar, remember that you have an HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Remember we have a Torah. Shomer, keep the purity of the Torah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu from his side. It is unimaginable for us to realize or to think of the greatness that will be installed in us not by our deeds or our own greatness. It's a present from Hashem. But we have to stop this interference. We have to just say these words, Echod. And when the youth says, Echod, and all of a sudden he gets excited. And he's filled with love. What did he do to be filled with love? It didn't come from him, it came from HaKadosh Baruch Now I would like to delve a little deeper into this point with a little practical view of it. It's very interesting that in Nisuin, in the Yiddish in Hogum of Nisuin, I remember I was once sitting with the Bachram, standing with the Bachram outside of the Bismarck in Yerucham. And there was a car driving around, honking the horn. Honking the horn, honk, all around Yerucham, driving around Yerucham, honking the horn. It's a Moroccan minute. In Eretz Yisrael till today, the night of the Chasna, they take the color, put it on the car, and they drive around the whole city, honking the horn. Honk. I told the Bochum, how do you analyze what's going on here? And one Bochum says, Preetis. And I said, Kedusha. This is Kedusha. Kedusha is Israel. And I explained it to them. And this minhig goes back to the time of the Rishonim. In the time of the Rishonim, they didn't put the kala into a car. They put the kala on a horse. And with an uncovered face, they, they, they pranced around the whole town. This was a minhig of Tzaddikim of Kedusha. Until today, the kala is under the chuppah. And they cover the Kala's face. What is this about? Why don't you let the Kala's face now, especially now that she's married? Forget. Where's the sneers? And the answer is very simple. I'll, I'll illustrate a moment. Today in our modern world, many don't like many people don't like big weddings. Do you know why they don't, they don't, do you know why they don't want big weddings? 
I don't want to go into the subject, but I just want to tell you my own feelings. If you don't like what I said, just put it aside. And I experienced many times a Bokhanayishi becomes a chasen. He doesn't want a big engagement. You know why? Because he's not really sure of himself. You understand? Because if he makes a big party out of it, and all the friends come, and the Rabbonim come, and it becomes famous, and he has to break it, then it's not so good. So, you know, he makes it, he wants to keep it quiet until, until you know. I say, look, boy, have a man. Don't break, the, don't, don't break the plate. But if you break it, there's going to be 200 people there. If you do it, it's going to be binding. And it's a Yiddish Shaminic. If you want something to be Dovashul Kayoma, commit yourself. Don't hide it. Commit yourself. And then you have a Jewish, a Jewish girl. That until now, she was unmarried. And you take this girl, and you ride around the streets. Everyone should see her. She's a married woman. That's Kedusha's Yisrael. From now on, if anybody talks to her, what, what's going on? I said, she's a married woman. This is Kedusha's Yisrael. To commit yourself and to make it famous, and the next day, she's locked into her house. She can't show her face in the street anymore. Because everyone knows she's married. Could you imagine she would have got married in secret? The next day she fights with others, she will start walking the streets. She can't walk the streets because she... Just yesterday they walked her through the streets. She committed herself. And that's why we make big chasinus. And we uncover the color's face. Because the color under the chuppah took the ring. Commit yourself. Everyone should know. I am Aka, I am to... I belong to this chasin. It becomes famous. And this is what keeps Kedushas Yisrael. And the same Rabbi Sai is true in our Shaykhs to our Baruch Hu. Many times we want to do children, but we don't want to commit ourselves. Many times we want to change face. I want to bring you a little mushroom. Seminar number 29. Seminar number 29. And the Brazil sat me up here to speak and I'm going to be a little personal and every time the Brazilian has wonderful suggestions let me just pluck one of them one of them is make a seder with your wife make a time to learn together and can I her Baruch Hashem my wife is is Baruch Hashem Everyone's going to tell me, I will tell them, I appreciate your brothers. We just now engaged my oldest son. And, and she's becoming older. And as, as things happen, you know, she, you know, she's aching here and waking there. And she says, what do I do? So I said, Let's, I said, you should learn Shari Bitochen. And she hints to me, yeah, we should learn Shari Bitochen. And I make myself like I'm not listening. And I remind, well, the Bazir had given suggestions. You know what? Maybe tomorrow. But I don't really have, uh, I don't really. And today, this afternoon, this morning, the Bishil says, make a study with your wife. And I say to me, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the only way I could accomplish this, you know how? You know how? It's too late now. Before I lectured, if I would have gone to the tel tel telephone, I would have gone collect. There is Israel. And I would have said, Ima. And she would have said, <laughs> What happened? I said, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I don't. It'll be too late. 
I committed myself. And then when I come home, things will be different. Things will be different. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. And I once did it. I once had the Seyach. I came back from Eretz Yisrael. And I called up the menial of my children. And I said, Yudah. His name is Yudah Levison at Sadiq Mamish. Yudah. Come over there, Hillel my, my, my son is learning Hillel to call Hillel. Come to Hillel How much does it cost? How, how, much, how much do you pay for the Rebbe on Hillel? What do you have to know for? And my, I just became black. Are you crazy? What did you do? It was too late. It was too late. I committed myself. And it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the second time. It was the third time. You know what I did it the first time? I reacted Nekudeshesli, but Habaz said, and I said to myself, wait a minute, well, am I sure? <laughs> Sorry, it's too late. It's too late. I could be still, so she called the finger, it's finished, it's too late. And the same is true with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we commit ourselves to Avas Hashem, to Echot, we came to a seminar, and we're still excited. We had three wonderful days of Kedusha, of Taira. And if we, when it's still hot, here, and there are couples sitting in two sides of Mechitzis, and there's a telephone, if we can come out with Maskanis, 30, 40 days, 40 days, 50 days, I am yours. No one else will be in my heart. No magazines, no, 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 that's just, I'm purely yours. When we come home, and all of a sudden want to pick up the paper, what did I do? Am I crazy? It's too late. It's too late. So the Baruch was looking over us, said, didn't say forever. Fifty days, I said. And it's unimaginable how much condition from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's part will be installed into our, our hearts. And if we can live a life of Echad, we can become kagomalaimi. And many of us are very worried about these suggestions. Because they might have a lot of consequences in our eyes. My business will go and my society will continue. Maybe I'll find a nicer society. But I am kagomalaimi. We get, we can, we can get a closeness to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And this closeness, and I would like to repeat everything I was trying to bring out in these few minutes. I believe and I hold that the wonderful story that I had related before, how in the middle of the worst of tragedies, a person can find himself held close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You are my protection. We saw just 30-40 years ago. In the middle of the worst situations, those that are close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I honestly believe that this is not a product of greatness, it is a product of pureness, 
It is a product of dedication and of closeness. If we can be echod yibayin I have no one else in my heart. There are no corners in my heart for anything besides that Kaddish Baruch. And a boy side. I didn't realize it was so late. I just would like to finish with one word. If we want to test ourselves, if we want to test ourselves, how close really we are to our Kaddish Let us test ourselves. Let us measure ourselves for a moment. And I'm going to say something which is, which might put us, a lot of us into problems. Many times, and excuse me for using this marshal, but it's a Torah marshal. The marshal is a marshal of Torah. And the Torah uses it time and again. Many times the Bokha comes to me. And they go out, a boy and a girl meet. And he says, how, to, how can I tell? Now, I don't know American standards. I don't know American standards. <laughs> I don't know how many times they go out in this country. When the boy is sure, the girl is sure. I don't want to discuss it. But I'll tell you the answer that I give in my, in my community. I say, look, you don't have to strike up love because we're Jewish. We're Jewish. You want to meet? We have to meet now. Meet after the chasna. You'll meet plenty of times. You don't have to meet now. You don't have plenty of time to meet. But what? What you have to find is, when you're together, you're talking together, the time passes quickly, the company is, is enjoyable, it's a good shit. If you're sitting together and the company is monotonous, it's monotonous, you feel turned off, then find someone else. If the company is enjoyable, and you look at the watch that now went by, break a play. That's what memory does. Now, this advice, you could all push under the carpet. Well, maybe you can use it sometimes. Rabbi Sai, when we pick up the return, is the company enjoyable? When Shabbos Kodesh comes, are we bored? Or is the company enjoyable? Does the time pass? If the time passes, we open up a safer. I'm not, I'm not bubbling. But the time passes. Then, you're close. But if you're looking, you go into a, whatchamacallit, to a drugstore, and you're looking for sleeping pills, and the guy says, what's up the sleeping pills? Take a mishnayas. The moment you pick up a safe, all of a sudden you realize that you're tired and you're aching and you're thirsty and you're busy. Then it's a problem. It's a problem. And it's a chazal. Chazal tell us it's tissue of words. And you didn't call me Yaakov. You got to be Israel. Because you become tired of me. And chazal say these words. Yosef v'loi kol hayom. A man sits and talks all day. And he doesn't get tired. 
Taught me. Bavas learned something. Listen, I'm dead tired. I'm saying, quoting. A fellow talks all day. Listen, I'm too tired. I have no kayak. Omar HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch says, Halavai loy ha'katiko Yaakov. I wish I never would have known you. Ki yodgata be Yisrael. I'm making you tired. I don't want to tire you out. And this is a problem. Because if this is the measure, then we're in trouble. And I want to tell you that, boy, son. One of the biggest problems of Yiddishkeit is to get a taste for Yiddishkeit. And I want to tell you how to do it. We don't need to acquire a taste for Yiddishkeit. We don't need to acquire a taste for the beauty of the Torah. Our mouths are watering for the Torah. The only problem is that our mouths are filled with hot pepper. Our mouths are filled with dust. And we lost our taste. But our natural glands are yearning for Torah. The moment we will spit out all that all that interference, you'll see. Take these 50 days and let's cleanse ourselves. Just cleanse ourselves. You'll see how much enjoyment, how much cheshik, how much radiance you can find in your own neshama, by nature, just by cleansing ourselves. Because we are naturally attached to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Torah is one part and parcel of all of us by nature. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is close to us. That's all we need is to cleanse ourselves, to wash ourselves, to reject everything which contradicts Torah. Zohar Mesirim HaShabbos. Remember that if you're a Shabbos the Kiyid. Shabbos Moshe HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Remember that it's Shabbos, Shvisa. Go away from all the media of the world. Shomer Mesirim HaShabbos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, 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 will open up the, the gates of heavens and will, will shower you with Kedusha and Brocha and closeness wherever we will be whether it's Tisha B'Av or Pesach and with us let us try to inspire to HaKadosh Baruch Hu not to be alone to, to, as much as we can to think about Am Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help we should all be embraced Close to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. We should be Zeche Bezer Hashem. This year Bezer Hashem to the Gulu Shleimah.